0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. We have a special privilege today. Our nursery director, our children's teacher, our previous janitorial director, my sidekick, pastor's sidekick, Ms. Desiree Garcia is going to give us the word today. Thank you. Good morning. I'm super excited to be here this morning. Um, every once in a while when the gang all leaves, um, I get the privilege of um, being able to come up here and speak. Um, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Desiree Garcia. I've been coming to this church for about eight and a half years. Um, I'm a graduate from SMTI, third-year graduate. Um, for those of you that don't know what SMTI is, it is the Bible college that we have here. Um, it's a video Bible college from Dr. Barclay, um, and it is a great place to go. It's a great thing to do, and I'm super excited that I had the privilege and honor to be able to go through that and actually conquer all three years. And um, so it's taught me a lot. Um, When me and my husband came to this church, we were a mess. Um, We were in desperate need for the Lord and for his touch. Um, So I'm super grateful to be where I'm at today and not be where I was then, you know. And I'm thankful for pastors and their love. And the guidance that they've given us, Um, I've got to work so much hand-in-hand with Misty and Pastor um, that they've been able to teach me things and guide me and um, show me the way they think and why they think that way and why they do what they do. Um, So it's an honor to be asked to do a Sunday morning. I've never done a Sunday morning. I've done Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. So it's an honor to be able to stand in front of you on a Sunday morning and and talk a little bit. Um, As I began praying to the Lord and asking the Lord what He wanted me to talk about, um, I kind of got into a battle with Him because I'm like, "No, Lord, I don't want to stand up there and tell that story. I don't want to." No, Lord, there has to be something else You want me to talk about. No, you know, you know, you guys have been there. You know, we have a little talk with our Father. You know, kind of like when our parents tell us to do something and we try to win that battle. Well, God won, and I didn't win the battle. So I'm going to talk to you today about not quitting, um, and I'm going to give you guys ways. My title is "How to Not Quit." Um, and so the Lord began dealing with me and um, bringing me back to when He first really taught me how to win a battle and not give up. And so um, my my sermon kind of goes along with a story of my life and a situation that I went through. And so I'm really excited to be able to share this with you. Um, I'm a very private person, so when I'm going through trials and I'm going through storms, um, I don't make a big deal out of it. Not everybody knows what I'm going through. And so I don't think everybody knew that I kind of went through the situation that I went through here. So um, let's pray and um, open up in prayer and then... We'll get into it. Are you guys ready? Okay. Dear precious Heavenly Father, Lord, we just give you all the glory, honor, and praise, Lord, for just being able to worship you freely, Lord. We thank you for all the things that you brought us through. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for being our biggest cheerleader. Holy Spirit, just like that song says, we just welcome you here. We welcome your presence. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Guide us. Give us directions. Give us the answers that we've been seeking, Lord. In Jesus' name, and we just turn this service over to you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So, you know, being a Christian is not always easy. It's tough. And a lot of people think that once you become saved, that's the answer to everything, and you're never, ever going to go through anything ever, ever again. That's a lie. We all have our storms and our trials that come up into our life, things that, you know, um, we face. And sometimes we throw out that keyword and we just want to quit. Like, Lord, this is not worth it. I'm done. I can't take it anymore. And we all have our own story. We all have our own situations that our storms that we've gone through that make us feel like that. You know, to some people, it's a financial battle. You know, you're feel like you're living paycheck to paycheck and, you know, you're coming in and you're tithing and you're giving and you're doing everything right, but your, your finances are just not making it, you know. It's just you're still finding yourself in this spot where you're living paycheck to paycheck and face to face and, you know, and so for some people, that storm in life right now is finances. To some people, it's health, you know, you, you deal with, you, you're doing everything the um, pastors tell you to do. You're speaking health over your body. You're saying that your, your health is renewed and you're healthy and whole and no weapon formed against your body shall prosper. You know, you're coming to church. You're here. You know, but that doctor's report, it's not what you want to hear. You know, you keep hearing in the natural the things that, you know, you don't, you don't want to hear. You know, and you know God's working, and you know the Bible's true, and you come up here and you hear testimony after testimony of how God came through for other people, how people defeated cancer, how people defeated uh, um, diabetes or illnesses, or how Pastor Dave defeated leukemia. And you're like, Lord, hello, I'm crying out to you, I'm here, you know, I'm doing everything right. And so to some people, it's health. To some people, their storms in life are their children. You know, they're doing everything right. They're bringing them to church. You know, they get into those teenage years and, you know, seem like they're rebelling. And, you know, you're, you're, you're battling and you're trying to do everything you can do. And you know you're doing right. You're praying for them. You brought them into church. You've done everything you're supposed to do. And here you are. You know, you're standing there. You're looking at your kids and you're like, God, the Bible says train them up in the ways of the Lord and I'll never depart from it. What is going on here? And you're facing this storm, and you're, like, ready to throw in the towel. You're done. You know? To some people, it's marriage. You know? Marriage is not easy. Marriage is hard work. I've done it for almost 15 years. It's hard. If they would have told me that when I, in the very beginning, I don't know. <laughs> you know? But praise God that we endured. and And, you know, my marriage, I've learned a lot of things, and I didn't give up, and I didn't quit, and I have a wonderful husband who loves me and loves the Lord. And that's a great, you know, but some people, they battle marriage, you know, they battle with their husbands, you know, they battle with their wives, you know, they battle with, why you got to do this all the time? How come I come home and the house is never clean? How come, you know, the kids are always a mess? How come all you care about is money? You fight over money, you know, just the same old, same old all the time in the marriage. It seems like you could never just win that battle. My husband doesn't understand me. Never gets what I'm trying to say. It's the same fight over and over and over and over, and you just get discouraged from it. And you know that's why divorce rate is so high because you throw out the D word and that's the easy way out. They're gonna quit. They're gonna go get divorced. You know, and we just face it. There's so many different storms of life that comes to us. Some people, it's your job. You know, you're working, and you got that mean, miserable boss that you've got to work with every single day who just, it seems like he just keeps picking on you and picking on you and picking on you, and you know they don't like you, and they know they don't, you know, care for you. And, you know, you come in, and you put the smile on, and, you know, you just get beat down, and you're tired, and maybe you're ready to throw in the towel because of that. But, as Christians, we fight a spiritual battle. It's not people... It's not the circumstances that we're fighting. It's a spiritual battle that we're fighting. And our enemy, of course, in John ten ten says, it, the thief is the one that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So our enemy is the devil, and he uses all these different things to try to get us to quit. Because if he can get you to quit, he's won. You know, he's taken out a soldier in God's army. You know, he's, he's got you down. And that's his goal. And we've got to remember who we're fighting against. It's a spiritual warfare. It's a spiritual, um, it's a spiritual battle. So the Lord reminded me of a time in my life, um, when I felt like I couldn't win. And so here I am. I've got, I'm a mother of three. I've got, um, kids in all different ages in school and my son is starting kindergarten and goes to kindergarten and every single day I'm getting a phone call from the school. My son did something wrong. He's acting out. He's in trouble. You need to come get him. He's getting suspended. He's getting an in-house suspension. He's getting, you know, and for, as a mom, that was the hardest thing for me to face. To sit there and just battle with my son, you know, because your kids are your everything. And the devil knew that. He knew that my kids were my world. And so here is my son constantly getting in trouble. Constant and it's only in school. I bring him to church. He never got in trouble in church. Sunday school was great. He did a great job in Sunday school. It was only in school. So then the thoughts come, You're a failure. You're a horrible mom. How can you stand in church, work in the children's ministry, work in the nursery ministry, and here's your son constantly getting in trouble? Like, you're supposed to be an example in the church. And here you are dealing with this, and your son's constantly getting in trouble. You know, they called him defiant. The they said that he was this bad child, you know. And, um I mean, it was a battle. It was a struggle. It was an inner battle with me. And so... um I don't know how many times I had to go to the school and sit. And it's not fun to take time out of your day to go to a classroom and sit with your child and make sure they're doing right and make sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Like I had to cancel my whole day and go sit at this elementary school in a classroom with all these other kids and my child and sit there and be like, okay, come on, knock it off. You know, this is how we behave. This is what we do. And so i beginning getting really discouraged and just really like, Lord, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. You know, I'm bringing him to church. I'm teaching him about you. I'm praying for him. You know, I'm a tither. I'm a giver. So, you know, I, I know that there's not something I'm doing wrong in that area. I'm doing everything, Lord, that your Bible tells me to do. So, and this, guys, this wasn't just a one-year battle. This was a three-year battle. I I went on with this battle from the time my son was in kindergarten until the time he was in third grade. So it was a three-year battle. So, you know, I'm like, Lord, come on, you know. My phone would ring, and I'd be like, Lord, can I have a break? Can I have one day without my phone ringing, telling me I need to go to the school? And you know that stinking feeling you get at the pit of your stomach when the phone rings? I mean, that's where I was at. And I really would sit in my bed sometimes and be like, Lord, I don't want to get out of bed. I just want to cry. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to look at anybody. I don't want to put a smile on my face. I just want to sit here. And so the Lord had to teach me how to fight and how not to be a quitter. Because I wanted to quit. I, you know, I didn't know what to do. And my husband worked full time. You know, and so here I am, you know, the one having to go to the school, having to get the looks from the teachers. I mean, it got to the point where my son, every teacher knew him as the kid who got in trouble all the time. He was labeled. And so, I mean, it was just, it was a rough situation in my life. And maybe that's not what you guys are going through, but try to compare that with how I felt. You know, because everybody's story is different, and I only have my story to give you. So, with that said... I'm going to talk about how the Lord taught me how not to be a quitter. And this is the very, very first time that the Lord showed me how to actually be a fighter in his army. So, if you'll go with me to Acts 16, and we're going to read verses 22 through 25. There we go. People are awake. Remember, I'm a children's teacher, so I'm used to noise. So if you guys are quiet, I'm going to get nervous, okay? So it's okay to make noise. It's okay to nod at me. Thank you. There we go. There we go. That helps. So act 16... and the multitude rose up together against them. And they... Man's right sprints off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they casted them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in their socks. And at midnight... Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loose. So, my number one is stop feeling sorry for yourself and get up and praise your way through that storm. I mean, Paul and Silas here, they're in a bad situation. They just got beat, thrown in prison. I mean, they could be griping and complaining and have a bad attitude and upset at the Lord. And, I mean, this could have went a whole other direction for them. But what did they do? They got their praise on. They were shouting and praising and thanking God. I mean, when we're in the midst of our storm, we need to stop feeling sorry for ourselves. And we need to look at the other places God's brought us from, and we need to start praising him for that. Because the Bible doesn't lie. The Bible's filled with truth. You know, we need to grasp that and hold that. And we need to praise God because God said that the victory's already won. So we need to stand up here and we need to praise God that the victory's already ours. And we need to praise our way through that. I mean, what does feeling sorry for yourself do? just makes you feel worse, right? It makes you feel bad. You don't get nothing out of sitting there, you know, crying yourself to sleep and having a pity party. Woe is me. You know, here I go again. My kid, you know. No. I had to praise God because you know what? The Bible says that before Uh, my son's time he already called him and created him there's a purpose and a plan for my son's life there was a reason why god had me have that kid and you know what i'm going to praise god because he's got his hand over him and he's got a purpose and a plan and god's going to see me through this storm he's going to see me through through it and no matter what i faced no matter what i went through I came up to these altars, and I shouted, and I praised the Lord. And to this day, I'm not afraid to lift my voice. I'm not afraid to shout to God, you know? We go to ball games, and we make fools of ourselves. We sit there, and we're hooting and hollering and screaming, Go, 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 go! And then we come to the altars, and we're like, Oh, Jesus, precious Jesus, you know? And we're ashamed and scared to really let out what's inside of us, you know? I don't know about you guys, but when I come to church... I hear a song, I want to shout. I want to praise God. I want to give Him the glory and the honor that He deserves. Because He's taken me out of so much. There was a place in my life when I was a drug addict, and I was addicted to drugs. And you know, guys, I used to be ashamed to say that. I was embarrassed to say that I was addicted to drugs. But I'm not ashamed anymore, because you know what? My God took me away from that. I'm not that anymore. And that's a reason to shout and get excited and praise the Lord about He took me out of that. If he took me out of that, he's going to deliver my son from this elementary school trouble that he's going through, sitting there getting called names and told that he's defiant and told that he's messy. That's not who my God is. My God is a good God. And he loves us. And he delivers us no matter what we're facing. That's the God that I serve. Sorry, I'm getting excited. I'm preaching myself happy. (laughs) You know, and so, we've gotta learn to get into that atmosphere of praise. When you're in the car, turn that radio up, praise the Lord. When you're in the shower, turn that radio up, praise the Lord. When you get in here, praise the Lord, sing, shout, praise His name, you know. And I'm telling you, victory's right around the corner. Don't be afraid. Don't hold back. Don't so be like, oh, what is Pastor Dave or what is Pastor going to think if I get up here and I dance or I get rowdy? Let me tell you, when me and my husband came, we were, we were hooting and hollering, you know, and we were excited for the Lord. And Pastor was like, it's been a while since we've had that. Like, we've never had that in this church for a while. And I'm like, really? You know, and so, I mean, I was just excited. I was excited about what God did for me. So, don't be afraid to dance. Don't be afraid to shout. Don't be afraid during these storms when you feel like not giving, not getting up, up out of bed. Get up and praise the Lord. Cause it's gonna make you feel a whole lot better. You know? Then, I had to realize that I wasn't alone. You know, because when you go through storms, some storms we're, we're ashamed of, you know, and we don't wanna go around telling people, you know, well, here's what I'm going through in life. You know, and so we begin to feel like we're the only one going through what we're going through at that certain time in life, you know. And I began to feel like, you know, I'd sit here and I would look and, you know, Miss Katie would have her kids perfectly, you know, nice and sweet in the front row. And, you know, everybody else in the children's church, their kids were so well-behaved. And here was my kid. And that was a life from the devil, by the way. But that's, you know how I began, to that's how I was looking at things, you know, and here's my kid, you know, he's getting in trouble and, you know, just doing things, you know, and, um, but I had to realize that I wasn't alone. I mean, how many parents are there in this room? You know, I'm sure that they've gone through things, they've gone through trials with their kids, you know, they've gone through times when, you know, they didn't want to listen or behave or, you know, and, My problem was that I really didn't know what a good parent was. You know, I didn't have that. I didn't have that guidance in my life to have a parent sit there and lead me and guide me and teach me. And so um, that was hard. I had to figure out how to be a parent. So I had to figure out that I wasn't alone in my battle. I wasn't alone in this storm. And um, during that time, I began studying different people in the Bible. And um King David is one of my favorites and I began studying him and his storm of life when King Saul wanted to kill him. You know, I couldn't imagine being in Barstow and being hunted and being wanted you know, being wanted and knowing that my best friend, the person I cared about the most in the world, wanted to kill me. And here's King David, who is living in caves and hiding and doesn't have any friends and, you know, doesn't have anybody. And he's alone and he's, you know, by himself. And he's really going through a storm in life, you know. And he didn't quit. He kept on fighting. He trusted the Lord. He kept on going. And um, then Pastor Dave um, always talks about Paul. And, oh, boy, did the Lord start kicking me in the butt here. You know, because here's Paul, and he's been through a whole bunch in his lifetime. He was in prison over and over again. I mean, I've never been in prison. Thank God for that. Um, He faced death over and over again. You know, um, he received so many beatings. I, I mean, I couldn't even imagine that. You know, after the first beating, I think I probably would have gave up and said, I can't do this no more. You know, but even though he had got one beating, he stood up and he kept going. And then he would get another beating and he kept going. You know, he never once said, you know what, Lord, the beating's not worth it. You know, it's not worth it at this time. He just kept on going. He was beaten with rods. He was shipwrecked. Not one time, but three different times. This man was shipwrecked. I mean, could you imagine that? Like, going on a boat ride and then, boom, you're, you're shipwrecked, you're stuck, you've got nowhere to go. You know, and here's a man who didn't give up, you know. And when we all start realizing that we all have different storms, different um, obstacles that we face in life, the storm kind of gets a little bit easier. It gets a little bit easier. Because then you, then you can start saying, because the Bible says, that God is no respecter of persons. So then that's when I start saying, well, Lord, you delivered so-and-so from this. Hello, I'm your kid, too. You're going to deliver me from this. You know? You're, you don't love Katie more than you love me. You know? You, you may love me a little more. <laughs> you know? But we serve a good God, and he's going to take us out of it. But when we start looking... That's where it, that's where the word of our testimony comes in. That's why it's so important not to be ashamed of the things that you've went through in life and be willing to use the words and what God's brought you through so that you could help somebody else who is going through a situation. Because when you hear about victory, you get hope. You get hope. And so the very second that you hear, okay, Henry went through this. He, he was having a hard time finding a job. You know, he was looking for work, but God gave him work. Well, Lord, I'm looking for work. You did it for him. And then you could go to Henry and say, Henry, what verses did you stand on? How did you get through this? What did you do? You know, and you can start using that to help you get through it. You're not alone. God is with you, and you have so many family members here in the church who love and care about you. You have pastors who love and care about you, and they stand up here all the time, and they tell us how to live a victorious life. You're not alone. You're not alone. The third thing is, who's influencing you during these storms? It is so easy to listen to what the world has to say about things that we're going through. It is so easy to get caught up in the way the world looks at things. Because in the world, there is no hope. You know, if you look at the world, the world is frantic. You know, they're always like freaking out and, and um, a mess, you know. So if you're going to your brother-in-law or your sister-in-law or a friend who doesn't know what the Bible says... And you allow them to minister to you and give you advice. You're, you're shipping, you're shipwrecking yourself. You're setting yourself up for disaster because there's no hope in that kind of advice. I'm blessed with some really awesome friends who don't let me fail in life. And when I'm going through hard things, they're not afraid to tell me what the Bible says. And they're not afraid to tell me like it is. And because of that, I was able to get out of a really rough situation with my son. And not only that, they didn't see my son as the world see my son because they knew him and they loved him. And I had people besides my husband and myself who cheered my son out of this, you know, who would tell me, no, your son is a good son. He's a loving kid. He's a good kid. He doesn't behave like that. That is a lie. You need to stand up. You need to defend. You need to listen to your child. You need to be there for your kid. So Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen. 17. Whistle or something when you all get there. Y'all are too quiet. I think I need to go back to my kids. I'm so used to getting interrupted. Miss Desiree, Miss Desiree. I'm getting there. Eventually. Okay. And this is one of my favorite verses, and I actually stand on this verse so circle this verse in your bible really big okay iron sharpens iron so a man sharpens the consistence of his friend. and i use that with my friends all the time we're there to sharpen each other and so i really during this time had to go through and pick and like kind of throw people out of my life you know what i mean like i had to i had a clean house in my in my friends list you know And so the Lord really showed me, um, and I taught um, the youth group the other night, and I talked about this, that a friend can make or break you. So a friend can lift you up or a friend can tear you down. But if you're choosing to have people that influence your life that are going to tear you down, you're going to be a quitter. You're going to quit. You're going to give up. But if you have friends that sharpen you, just like a knife, you know, it says iron sharpens iron. If you think about how the chefs sharpen their knives, they use a knife to sharpen the other knife. That's the way friendship should be. That should be the type of people that you want in your life. And through this, I got really close to Miss Pastor because I would go, through, go to her all the time because she's like the go-to mom. She has like 100 million kids, you know, and she was successful in raising them. If you look at all her, all her kids, they all serve the Lord. They all love the Lord. Half of them are doing ministry here in the church, you know. So I wanted her to sharpen my iron. I wanted her to teach me some things about how to be a mom and, you know, what I needed to do and how I needed to do things. And then the friends that I picked, you know, I wanted to make sure that they were friends that were going to tell me like it is, tell me what the Bible says, stand with me, pray with me, you know. And my friends, they know when I'm not doing good. They can take one look at me and be like, okay, let's go in the corner and pray. Or, you know, they'll send me verses. Um, But that's the kind of friendships that we want. That's who we want in our lives. That's the influence that we want. You know, are you going to listen to the right things? Are you going to listen to pastor when he's up here preaching? Because that is the number one influence that I want in my life, is a man like that who spends all as much time as he can with the Lord, who knows the Bible, who knows how to lead, guide, and direct us as a shepherd. You know, that's my influence. I want him to influence my life. And let me tell you, when I came to church, my book, you know, I was writing down everything he said. (laughs) You know, my notes, I was, oh, that's good, oh, that's good. You know, and I was taking notes and circling things in my Bible, and, you know, I was doing everything I could to have that good influence on me. And, you know, it's it's just when you're going through stuff, you want to have that right influence. You want to have people that are speaking the right things over you, speaking the right things over your life. You know, if I would have went to the wrong people, if I would have went to people that looked at things naturally and weren't saved and didn't know Jesus, they would probably tell me just as the school was telling me, that there was no hope for my son, that he was just this bad, defiant kid who never listened and was troubled, you know, and whose report are you going to believe, you know, and who who do you want speaking over your storm? What do you want spoken over your storm? You know, those things are important. The next thing that I had to learn is that I had to dig into the word. Oh, wait, I forgot a verse. Sorry. Psalms... Let's go to Psalms. Psalms 1. And we're just going to read that whole. It's 1 through 6. Are you guys learning anything? Psalms Psalms 1-1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of ungodliness, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seedeth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in the law doeth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and bring forth his fruit in his season. Who are you letting influence your life? And during this time, um, the Lord gave me, when I read this verse, the Lord gave me kind of like a vision of a beautiful, big tree that's been planted and rooted, you know, forever. And, you know, have you ever seen like really big, thick roots from the tree and you see them go into the ground? When we're going through storms and we're going through trials, that's the kind of tree that I want to be, and this is where I had to learn that quitting's not the answer. Quitting's not who I am. Quitting's not who God designed me to be. But I wanted to be that tree, you know, and rooted and and grounded to where the storms came, but the tree barely like the leaves barely like moved, you know. And so um, this verse became one of my favorites because that's who I began to pray and say, Lord, make me like this. Make me like this tree. Make me stand here and be strong and not wither away. Make me be rooted in your words. You know, and when we're listening to what the world says, we're not rooted in God's word because we're we're kind of putting aside what God says. You know, and so I had to learn that, I didn't want any of that advice. I didn't want any of the world's counsel. I didn't want, you know, people telling me other ways of doing it. The only way I wanted to do anything was God's way. You know, I wanted to do what God wanted me to do. Which brings me to my next point, which is digging into the Word. And, you know, it's easy to come to church and um, think, Oh, well, I got my word for the week. You know, I'm done. I did a good job. I came to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. I'm good. I got, I got my word for the week. That ain't true, guys. We need to get in the word ourselves. We need to have our own prayer life. We need to have our own time with the Lord. And I'm telling you, when the storms come, that's when you need to dig in even more. You know, you should already be digging in, but when those times come, that's when you need to dig in even more and get more out of your Bible time, more out of your prayer time than you've ever gotten before. And that's where I found myself. I had to evaluate that 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 in me, and I'm like, okay, well, going to church, that's not all my word just because pastors stood up here and and taught me some stuff. I've got to learn how to read the Bible for myself. I've got to be able to read what... God wants me to read I've got to ask the Lord to open the pages and show me where he wants me to read and And teach me and guide me in the word himself because that's when we become strong and rooted You know when we get the word in us and we know what the Bible says we're strong and rooted and Yes, pastor comes up here and he preaches and he gives us verses and he gives us things to stand on and that's wonderful But what good is it to us if we're not rooting it, if we're not getting it, if we're not repeating it, if we're not reciting it, if we're not getting it deep down inside of us? What good is it to sit in these seats and hear that if it's not going to help us, if we're not going to do our part? Because Pastor did his part. You know, he taught. He gave us the instructions. Now it's time to go home and study those instructions. You know, kind of like school. When you go to school, you know, your teacher stands up here and they tell you all these wonderful things, one plus one equals two, and this is why, and all these great things, and then you're supposed to go home and do homework. Well, as Christians, we're supposed to go home and do our homework and open our Bible and dig into it. You know, and, and um and that's where God wants us to to be. And the Bible says that faith comes by what? By hearing. So I mean if we're not hearing the word of God, our faith's not gonna be anything. It's gonna be nothing. Go with me please to Hebrews four twelve. Are you guys with me? Y'all are quiet. Thank you, Henry. I like your enthusiasm. Hebrews 4, 12. It says, For the word of God is quicker and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even the, the dividing ascender of the soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrows, and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word of God is our weapon. That's our weapon. When we speak the Word of God, that's our weapon and our ammo towards the devil. And it stops him from throwing these storms and these things that he tries to give us. That's the power that he's given us. In the Bible, they call the Bible the sword of the Spirit. It's a sword. It's it's our instrument. And so if we don't dig into the Word and we don't know what the Word says, and we don't know what scriptures to use, I mean, how are you going to use your sword? How are you going to beat up the devil and, you know, tell him to go away? Because you're not going to know what to say, right? You're not going to know how to get him. And that's why, time and time again, I hear pastor up here, you know, Miss P on Sunday night, who's got a healing verse? Who's got a tithing verse? Who's that? And she's not doing that just to test us. She's doing it to help us. Because when those storms come, we need to be prepared before those storms come. Because when we're prepared before those storms come, the storms are a little bit easier to endure. And what do I mean by that? I mean that know your word. Know your verses. You know, if you're going through something with finances, Know verses about finances study that in your in your daily time. pick a subject to to just get in and know about and I'm not saying guys that you have to sit there and read Genesis through exodus or sorry Genesis through um, revelations every day. no, but find something like if you want to know about healing find. Two verses. I'm going to challenge you guys. Two verses. That's not hard. Find two verses on healing and sit there and recite them every day. Pull them out. You know, Miss P says, Pastor, and I, I you know he used to have his little index cards. And he would pull them out, you know, and he would put them in his truck because he was a truck driver. So he would sit them in the truck right there. And he would, you know, as he's driving, he would recite them over and over and over again. Well, you know, Be repetitive. These verses over and over and over and over and over and over. You know, that's what we do in the children's church. We constantly over and over and over and over and over and over. And you know what? These kids can pop verses like that. They can give me a healing verse, boom. Give me a giving verse, boom. And it's because we're constantly teaching them, we're constantly giving, you know, one verse that we're standing on that, you know, that whole class. Over and over and over and over again. It's that power of repetition that eventually, excuse me, eventually it gets into your heart, and then you just speak it. You know, and I'm gonna brag on my husband here for a second, but you know, he thinks sometimes he doesn't know the Bible that good, and then things get really bad or things get really tough, and then boom, 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 boom he starts shooting them at me. And I'm like, okay, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. You know, but that's how we need to be. We need to. Dig into the Word so much. We need to be hungry for the Word. Because if you're not hungry for the Word, you're not going to dig into the Word. You need to be hungry for the Word of God. And dig into it and devour it. Mark 11, 23. For verily I say unto you, that whoever shall stay unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in their heart, but shall believe that these things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he saith. So if we're speaking the word and our mountains there, and our trials are there. And we say to that mountain, in the name of Jesus, you're going to move. My God says that this is not his will. And you know what I started doing with my kids? I started changing things up. So in the morning before we go to school, guess what? We're going to pray. And you know how I started teaching my son to pray? I started teaching my son to have a confession over his life. And what I started teaching my son to pray was this. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that I'm going to have a good day. I am the head of my class, and I am not the tail. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, and all those that rise up against me shall fall. And we prayed that prayer every single morning. We'd get in the car, and I'd say, okay, son, it's time to pray. And, he, you know, finally he got to the point where he knew it by himself. And he would say, I am the head and not the tail. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I started saying, Lord, you said... That my children are obedient children taught of your word. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm bringing him to church. He's learning about you. He knows right from wrong. Let me tell you. Boy, did that change things. That confession. And I'm going to get to that in the end. But boy, that confession. There was power. In that confession, there was power in that, those words that that little boy spoke. Because he's now speaking the word of God, but he's also speaking in that mountain. And he's saying, you know what? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And the last way that I have for ways that you're not going um, to not quit is to keep your eyes focused on the goal. And not the natural things happening around you. You know, because it's so easy. It's so easy. So easy to get wrapped up into that problem. And look at the situation and look at what's going on around you. But you can't do that. You can't, you can't use your natural eyes. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. I think I got ahead of myself. I think I had that verse written down. Anyways. We walk by faith and we and not by sight. We're not to look at the things of the world. You know, we're not to look at things the way the world looks at it. We're to walk by faith. We're to walk the way God called us to walk. So 2 Corinthians 5.7. Second Corinthians 5.7, and that's where it says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Philippians 3.14. It says, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We need to press forward. We need to know that victory is right around the corner. And let me tell you, when you get to that point where you're feeling like you want to quit, you're tired, you're done, you want to wash your hands, that victory is right around the corner. You're almost there. You need to keep your eyes focused on the prize, on the victory, because it's right there. It's right there. You're probably like three inches away from it. You know, keep your eyes focused on that. You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. And when you feel like you've had enough, and you feel like you're tired, and you feel like you can't do it anymore, that's when you need to keep fighting. And you know what advice Ms. P P gave me? Keep fighting. Then get up and fight some more. Keep fighting. Keep going. Don't give up. We're not losers. We're not quitters in the body of Christ. So, in closing, I want to say, what would happen if I gave up? What would have happened if I gave up? I probably wouldn't be standing up here right now. That's for sure. Where would my son be if I gave up? What kind of character would I have built and my son, if I gave up, and I couldn't, you know, I just whatever it is, what it what, what it says, he, you know, they say that he's this, and okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna believe this report, and I'm gonna tie my hands, and I give up. I'm tired. I can't do this no more. Life wouldn't be where it is at today. So here's my victory story, because obviously I didn't quit, right? Obviously, I didn't quit. I'm still here. I'm still fighting. So here's what happened with my son. Fourth grade became wonderful. I had no, zero phone calls about him ever getting in trouble or or, um, being any kind of cause of distraction. My son loves the Lord with all of his heart. He corrects me all the time with what the Bible says because he knows what the Bible says because he's rooted and grounded in the Word of God. He is the most loving kid I've ever met in my life. And I'm not just saying that because he's my kid and I'm not standing up here boasting on him. I'm telling you what victory gave me. This is what victory gave me. Victory gave me a son who serves the Lord with all of his heart. If we can't come to church... He is the first one to yell at me about it. Mom, couldn't you have planned that on another day? Why aren't we going to church? It's Sunday. Why aren't we going to church? Couldn't we have done this on another day? He's the first one to lay his hands on somebody and pray for them. His faith is stronger than any adult's faith I've ever met in my life. I've got testimonies from people here that he's the reason why they stayed because he has so much love in his heart and would go up and hug people and say, I love you. But see, that just wasn't a little boy thing. That, that was God working through him. And because he had the love of God in his heart, he was able to minister to other people so that they can feel the love of God. And if I had given up on this little boy, if I had stopped and said, God, I can't do this anymore, my son wouldn't be where he's at today. He wouldn't be this Christian little boy and um, young man that God's building him up to be. He recently um, had a storm of his own in school. Um, you know, bullying is a is a big thing. And um, he was struggling with it. And he didn't really tell me, you know, much about being bullied. He didn't really talk much about it. And the subject came up one day, and he's talking to me and, you know, telling me about school and what he's going through, and he's like, Mom, you know, they used me as, um, they said, oh, you got the Joe, you know, oh, well, I wasn't trying to say his name, but I guess now he said his name. Um, You got the Jojo bug, you know, and they would make fun of him and tease him, and, you know, and so I, I would tell him, you know, son. The Bible says that we're to love people that treat us mean. You know, Jesus was treated mean, and he was treated bad. And um, through this, my son just amazed me, because one day we're talking, and he's telling me, and he came home, and he's like in tears. And I'm thinking he's in tears because these kids are being mean to him, you know, and he's upset because these kids are being mean to him and bullying him. But he wasn't. Let me tell you what this little boy was upset about. This little boy was upset because he said, Mom, These kids don't know Jesus. And I don't want these kids to get in trouble by the principal or by their parents. Because they don't know what they're doing is wrong. (laughs) That's it, you know. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, if somebody were to pick on me, I would devour them. And, like, boom, you know. And here's this little boy telling me. And I immediately began to cry. Because what a pure love this little boy had. But what if I gave up on him? What if I didn't fight? What if I gave into that depression where I wanted to just lay in bed? Where would I be? Where would he be? What kind of example would I be to that kid? You know, and so when the Lord began talking to me and sharing with me and, and telling me to talk about this, I'm like, okay, Lord. You know, I I don't really like to throw all my business out there and all my kids' stuff, you know. But I really encourage you guys. Whatever it is that you're going through, it looks impossible, but all things are impossible with God. And you're not alone, because if God is for you, who can be against you? Your victory, it's right around the corner. Keep fighting Keep fighting Don't give up Don't give up Because if you give up What was the point of fighting in the first place? Everything you fought for You just let go of God doesn't want you to give up He loves you more than life itself He created you for a purpose He created you for a reason And he loves you and he's right there holding your hands and saying, don't give up. And so I was thinking about, um, we had a, a movie night, not well, a couple months ago for the kids, you know. And I was thinking, um, Miss Leah, you know, picked out the movie, and um, she couldn't be at the movie that night because of family things. And so she's sending me a, a text telling me about... Um, the movie, and um, we were finding Finding Nemo, and she was telling me, "Oh, just you know, do a little message on um, on Dory. You know, she, she sings that song, just keep, um, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. You know, y'all have seen that movie, right? Okay, so just keep swimming, just keep swimming. And so it's kind of like that with us. Just keep fighting, just keep fighting, just keep fighting. You know. And so, um, anyways, that's what I have for you guys.